Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units, stand by for On Patrol with the PPD, airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Welcome to a slightly delayed edition of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. My name is Mike Wynn. I am one of the co-producers and co-hosts of this weekly radio program. I'm joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Gary Traversa, commander of the Cops Bureau. Good morning, Lieutenant. Good morning, Chief. Lieutenant. It is Friday the 13th. <laughs> and we're feeling it already. And you know right? how I know that? Because I made it into the studio early and we still started the show late. <laughs> I, I said last night at dinner, I may not get out of bed tomorrow and I probably should not have. Yeah, right. All right, let's get a check of the weather and uh, then we'll, we'll get to the show. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, light rain likely. Highs in the lower 40s. East wind 5 to 10 miles per hour, becoming south this afternoon. Chance of rain 60%. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Lows in the lower 30s. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Saturday, partly sunny. Highs in the mid 40s. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Friday, the 13th, 2020. Here we go again. Need we say more? <laughs> I didn't have a chance to check the, the validity of this. Um, it, somebody shared it with me last night, and I just didn't have a chance to go back and look at my calendar. I guess I could do it now. But according to a friend of mine, when the last day of school in the spring was Friday, March 13th, and we shut down for the COVID virus, and then we shut down again on Friday, November 13th. What are the odds? Even if that's not entirely true, the the parallel in the image is um, is daunting. Um, so uh, I think we can we can just say that the news today is is pretty much going to revolve around COVID, um, but we also are going to kind of do a, a abbreviated health report the doctor's not with us this morning um so i don't want to get into a, a ton about covid in the news segment we'll get into that in the health report um but you know looking at this morning's berkshire eagle uh headline top of the fold worrisome rising case count and if you saw the announcements and the media release that came out from the city yesterday changes are coming um Restaurants in the city of Pittsfield are closed to sit-down dining, takeout and curbside delivery only. Um, it's affected today, and the schools are going remote learning only again. Uh, so, you know, you can read the article to get the details. One thing I will say on that, uh, our Department of Public Services, the city's Department of Public Services, has some really good people in the... Um, mapping ArcGIS and and data analytics stuff supported by some really talented um, IT people so the city's dashboard if you go to the city's website um, 
cityofpittsfield.org and you click on the COVID-19 link and you go to the city's dashboard, which they update daily, uh, you know, as, as, as often as possible. There's some really good information there. There's some really good data there. There's some really good graphics there. If you want to understand why these decisions were made, um, go there. It's, it's, it's useful. Besides the ongoing pandemic that we're all dealing with, what's, what else is going on in the news? Um, you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't pull this one up, but the news on this morning and let's check in the morning news cycle. And I, I'm excited about the fact that we're getting ready for a um, space launch. And did you see the, did you see the story? I haven't seen mm-hmm. any of that. No. So this, it's this is historic, right? So they we did this once. I think it was earlier this year. Um, NASA has basically privatized the the launch vehicles, right? So SpaceX is is the leading um, is the leading vendor, and they did a, a two astronaut launch earlier in the year, but th- that was essentially a test. Now, like I was listening to somebody on a podcast, I'm like, you know, how do you test the space launch? Right, <laughs> you got to do it, right? But it, it was it was a proof of concept. It was successful. So tomorrow, either late tonight or early tomorrow morning, they're launching four astronauts into space to go crew the International Space Station, and it's a it's a not only are they going to the International Space Station, it's an international crew. Right, so SpaceX is going to do the launch on behalf of NASA. There's American astronauts, at least a Japanese astronaut, and I don't know if there's another country represented. But, you know, how amazing is this that during a pandemic, these really, really smart people, these engineers, are able to keep doing what they're doing, guarantee the safety and the health of the astronauts, and and put them in space. And, you know, I I saw it this morning, and so I was... You know, I was a child, a really young child when they shut down like the Apollo program, right? Like in when I was in elementary school, it was the space shuttle program, the, the loss of the space shuttle vehicles. Um, but I was watching it this morning. I was like, this is like the beginning of the Apollo program again, right? It's like it's it's historic. It really is worth noting. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's enough of the news. Um, let's talk about all things COVID. You've been busy, Lieutenant. We all have. We all have. Yeah. Um, so here's how do I want to lead this off? So, in case you haven't been paying attention, you know, our listeners and viewers, if, um, if you've been, you know, checked out for a little while, there, there has been a significant uptick in, in the reporting or the reported cases um, in Berkshire County, but particularly in the city of Pittsfield. And after a lot of discussion and a lot of back and forth and, you know, a lot of debate within the the senior membership of the the administration's COVID-19 task force, the decision was made yesterday, and it was not a decision made lightly, to um, put Pittsfield in, in, according to the state's guidance, the red category, and to roll back some restrictions, or to roll back to some earlier restrictions. And... I think it's important for our listeners and viewers to know that the Commonwealth only updates the, a community's status weekly, right? So there, there could be seven days of reporting in the state system, MAVEN, before the Commonwealth pulls the pin and changes a community status. The city gets health updates and case updates daily. 
And even though, like we just saw earlier this week, there may be a delay in the receipt of some of those for backlogs in the testing system or the reporting system, they still get daily updates. Uh, They're in communication with the testing sites and they get fresh numbers every day. Um, And whether it's a situation like we saw earlier this week where a delay in reporting of several days causes a, a massive number it was in you know our case 104 in one day or just a daily update like we got yesterday with 10 additional cases the city sees that on a daily basis and it was that it was the availability of daily data that led to the decision to change our status before the commonwealth changed our status we we can see what has happened in in the last seven days um and so instead of waiting for the Commonwealth to upgrade the status, uh, the city status, uh, the mayor with her team, uh, our team, decided to do it. And if you go look at the dashboard, you'll see why. You know, even on the graphic on the front page of the Eagle today, it's dramatic and it's frightening. Um, and so some hard decisions had to be made. And basically we're rolling back to the earlier reopening phase uh, and simultaneously two additional decisions were made. Um, the, the, the three decisions were to roll back to the earlier phase with a, with a strict shutdown of table service, sit-down dining in the restaurants, a decision to go remote in the school district for all schools instead of just the two high schools that had been shuttered previously, and to close municipal buildings for all intents and purposes to the public except in very limited circumstances uh, and by appointment. And you can see it, you can read the media release, but I think the thing that I want to emphasize, it's a point I, I emphasized in the task force meeting yesterday, is based on the contact tracing, and I should just say, our public health nurses are doing a phenomenal job. They are completely overwhelmed and swamped. They had to add new people this week, actually last weekend, and train them up. And they've reached out for backup from the Commonwealth's contact tracing program because there's just two, you know, 104 cases reported in one day, and every one of those cases has a half dozen to a dozen contacts. They just can't keep up. I can't it's, even imagine the um, um, what they have on their plate. Yeah, the the scope and the magnitude and the exponential um, increase is is just staggering. But what we do know, based on the contact tracing locally, is that. For the most part, this recent uptick can be attributed to two factors. One, we know we know in the department, because we had to do some investigation ourselves because it impacted some of our personnel, was a house party held in a private residence on Halloween night with a large gathering of young people, 20-somethings, with no social distancing and no masks. That, that was number one. Um, it, that's indisputable. And we'll talk about how that impacted the department in a couple minutes, but that, that's the first known source or known attributable source. The second one is, and you know, a couple restaurants have been singled out in this, but it, it's, there are many restaurants that are doing everything that they were supposed to be doing and doing it well. But there are also many restaurants that were allowing patrons to skirt the edges. I've seen it myself uh, a couple times that I've been out. Um, and despite the guidance saying that you could only have your mask off when you were at your table and the tables had to be six feet apart and you had to maintain social distancing, 
I, I've witnessed in the last couple of months people getting up from their table to go. I had I had an ex-employee of the department come walk up to my table in a local restaurant without putting his mask back on. Um, and so once people are in and they've sat down and they've ordered their drink and they're comfortable, they're getting we're we're, we're getting lax. Mm-hmm. And so the second source was large gatherings of multiple households within restaurants not maintaining social distance or, or proper face cover. Um, and again, right, it, we did, it, we're all, we're not all in the same boat, but we are all in the same storm. And we did our best, but we need to do better. So, um, and subsequent to the, um, you know, to the gatherings in the, the restaurants, you also had uh, what, what I'm reading is, you know, a number of restaurants that, um, initiated their own shutdown right. because of uh, staff that had, right. had tested positive tests positive. Yeah. for staff. So, like, you know, and we're, for the most part right now, we're talking about the changes that occurred in the last 48 hours in the city of Pittsfield, but we can look, you know, I don't... So I, I was telling somebody in the community this story the other day, and this has been well reported, so I, I feel comfortable, sh- you know, sharing and expounding on it, but the old Heritage Tavern in Lenox voluntarily closed due to a, a potential exposure. But the story that was, they told about that was two patrons who had been symptomatic, screened in for a test, been tested, but not received their results, decided it was okay to go out and have a meal. It, it, you were worried enough to get the test. You haven't received the results yet. You're potentially shedding the virus. What? Yeah, um, and I, I think that's not the only uh, no example of that. I mean, yeah. that's just so. So let's talk a little bit, Lieutenant, about our our week. Um, so here's what happened for us, and I, I had conversation with Chief Sammons from the Fire Department yesterday. I've had this conversation with some of my counterparts from across the Commonwealth. I'm I'm an agency head. I'm a chief of police, and you know, as a police chief, I. I I'm kind of lucky. I'm kind of blessed, right? I have a lot of authority. I can do some pretty significant things to restrict the behavior of our people on and off duty. Sworn, non-sworn, support staff, issue an order. I expect the order to be complied with. If they don't comply with it, they can be disciplined. It's it's pretty, I'm not going to say it's easy, but, you know, I can say, don't do this, do that, like we did with the order last night, right? This is This is the new standard. We can't extend that order to our family members. And... And I wouldn't want to. And so I've been thinking about this this week. And it was actually because I was in correspondence with my friends uh, for the Marine Corps birthday and Veterans Day. Uh, by the way, you know, celebrated Veterans Day this weekend. So thank you to all our veterans for your service and Semper Fi to all of the Marines uh, current and prior who celebrated the 245th birthday this week. Um, if you're in the military and you're on a military base, a lot of the rules and regulations that apply to soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coast guardsmen also apply to their families, right? You know, if, if you live on base, you live on on-base housing, you're in the base schools, you have a different life. There's a lot of right. things that apply to you. That doesn't extend to civilian paramilitary organizations. And so, well, Chief Sammons and I can issue orders to our people. I don't, there's no expectation that I can put restrictions on our personnel's families. And that's what happened it, uh, in two cases to us. So we have staff members, uh, both in operations and administration, 
and their family members attended one of those house parties, which became a known nexus. Mm -hmm. And as a result, um, our staff then had to report to us that they were potentially contaminated. We had to go into our in-house protocols, which meant that those staff members could not report to work. Um, but by the time we found out our staff members were potential exposures, they had been to work. They had been in the station. They had been at their workspaces. Um, in, the, in the additional case, uh, one of our staff members had been out. Uh, you know, in in the woods, doing some outdoor recreation, allowable stuff. Person they were with was like, hey, you know, it's a nice day. Let's go grab some dinner. They went to dinner. They were at one of those restaurants that we've previously talked about. And then it came out that they were potential, uh, potentially exposed. Um, that one, I'm trying to remember. We found that out on last Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. We found that out. Um, I think it was, I think it was, I think we found out about it on Wednesday because the test was done on Thursday. Um, but in the days leading up to that report, that staff member had been in a number of meetings with a significant number of our senior staff and, and a smaller number of our operational staff. So now all of those staff members are potential tertiary exposures. Um, and in, in that particular case, uh, they, they, they actually did test positive. They're in isolation right now. The other ones, thank God, uh, fortunately tested negative. But that's how fast, that's how fast it can happen. Um, so, you know, I'll share that over the weekend and you were you were going back and forth with some exchanges with dr kohlberg and we were trying to get some guidance on our updating our return to work protocols um which you know dr kohlberg has has been uh has been a rock through all of this i don't i can't imagine how we would have gotten through this without him on the team providing expertise he was sending you memos actually we sent that memo to the fire department yesterday uh because now we have to figure out what we're going to do for force protection again. And we've discussed it a little bit, but the emergency staffing plan we implemented in the spring, um, it's just not doable right now. Right? Um, and I, I don't want to get into the details, but it's, it, it's such a significant impact and change. So the, the bottom line is it required us to pull all of our investigative personnel into uniform. And because of case management and caseload right now, we can't do that. The investigators have to um, continue to, to work their cases, so we don't have them to augment and supplement our personnel. And without them, we don't have enough personnel to do the staffing change. So now we have to do force protection without being able to isolate and divide our force. It's not easy. Nope. And... Um, it requires it requires our personnel to be diligent and disciplined um, and and cognizant of all of their contacts and it means we have to change the way we do some work again so I, I did two interviews yesterday I forgot to send the PIO update on the second interview I did I did follow up on that one with Amanda mm -hmm. um, I'll send that when I get to the office 
Um, so I did two interviews yesterday. One related to a ride along that um, was it Jake Jake Mendel Jake Mendel yeah Jake Mendel from the Eagle did last week uh, related to how we pivoted earlier in the year, and then one yesterday with Amanda about what's what's happening now, and so what's happening now basically it, it comes down to three real force protection efforts one is all of our personnel have to have to now don ppe when they're in the field and in contact with people um and we're being pretty strict right it's face covering eye protection gloves if you have to go hands-on with somebody carry your hand sanitizer um we just we need them to be careful and we need them to be safe so that's number one number two is we're going to, again, reduce as many interactions as we can, face-to-face -face interactions. So that means pushing a lot of reporting to either online or uh, follow-ups by telephone, mm -hmm. which some people aren't comfortable with, right? When the dispatch says, look, you've got a lot of information right here, more information than I can take over the phone. Go file that online report. There's, it's not a crime in progress. Nobody's been hurt. There's no evidence to be collected. Just go file it online, right? So you go to pittsfieldpd.org. And click on the fight crime tab and hit the button to file an online report and go fill in the report. Um, report a crime, I think it says report on Report a crime. Yep. Uh, and then the third thing is, is really pivoting back to where we were. Now, we haven't gotten any guidance from the Commonwealth on what they intend to do with the courts. That hasn't happened yet, which is weird, because last time the courts were like, nope, yeah. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. Uh, so we haven't seen anything from the Commonwealth. But uh, you know, it, it means that if, if we deal with somebody that we may have probable cause to charge, but they're not acting in a way that's dangerous or violent, we're not bringing them in custody. We're not going to bring them into the station. Um, we'll file the charges and send them to court, and they'll receive a summons. Uh, just because every time we bring somebody into the station, that's another potential source of, of contamination, another vector. So we have to minimize that. And it it's not the way it's not the way police want to police, right? We don't like I was talking to um Jake, I think it was yesterday. And regardless of, of where you are on the spectrum, how you feel about police in general and law enforcement, you know, most police officers come to this profession because they want to serve and they want to be out there interacting with the public. Right. It's 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 a public facing public service profession. And it's that opportunity to be. We don't want to work at a desk. Right. We want to be out there doing stuff, seeing people. Something went wrong at some point with the both of us then. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, certainly. But that's what attracted us to the job, the ability to be in the field, yes. out there interacting with the public. Absolutely. When we're forced, due to the pandemic, to limit our interactions with the public, it it's not a good scene for us either. It, um it impacts motivation. It impacts our ability to to do thorough investigations and follow ups. And so, you know, we're not happy about it, but we have to do it because, as um, Jake said in the interview yesterday, we don't have the luxury of shutting down. We have to show up. We have to go to work. We have to continue to operate. Fire department is the same way. Uh, EMS is the same way. Hospitals the same way. Um, you know. 
we don't, we don't get to just say, okay, you know, we're going to take a month off and let this thing simmer and, and hopefully peter out. So it's been a rough week. Um, our personnel now, we've got to do temperature screenings coming in, hand sanitizers coming in. Yeah, uh, just trying to remind everybody, um, you know, of, of the symptoms. Right. You know, when they walk in the door and... Um, you know, make yeah temperature checks absolutely. Um, we, I think the the thing that um, people have trouble wrapping their heads around, including me, us, is the ease with which this is transmitted. How, you know, I understand that we, you know, we have meetings, right? We have discussions. You and I, right now, we're six feet apart. We have this with a plexiglass, plexiglass thing there, right? But, Good airflow in this room. Yeah, but if something, if all of a sudden tomorrow you start feeling like, you know, you're not feeling well and, and you have to get tested, that's going to make me nervous. So it, that's, and that's another good observation, right? So again, we, we, we had a scare last week, um, three potential contaminations within the agency. I had spent time in close proximity with all three of them. Not uh, not closer than six feet, and, and for the most part, properly masked. But there was there was an unmasked exposure to somebody else in my staff. So you know, sec- tertiary exposure again. Um, and then over the weekend, right? So get out and, and uh, get some exercise. So I put some you know good weight on to go out for a ruck march. It was the weekend, and we were going into our anniversary week, so a little bit of celebrating. And wake up Saturday. You know, little achy. Now, after the news we got on Friday, I'm in a full-on panic. Right? <laughs> Wake up on Sunday, little achy. Did is it because I exercised? Uh, you know, it, oh no, little congestion. Well, it's the change of seasons again. So you know, I I voluntarily chose not to come into the office on Monday until we got some of those results back. So I'm like, I don't know. Am, am I now potentially spreading this? And we got some of the results back, and you know, I was screened back to come to work. So, you know, by, by late Monday afternoon, I could come back into the office. In the second half of the show, we're going to talk about some of the other stuff that we've had going on this week. Um, you know, we, we, had, we, we were continuing our regular training. Uh, and so training means we're outdoors, but it's still a good-sized group, smaller you know, smaller than within the limits allowed by the state's guidelines, but still, you know, it's a fairly good sized group. You're trying to do your best to maintain your use of face coverings and social distancing. But uh, I'll, Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday, I had statewide training. I'll talk about that. Wednesday, I had department training and uh, the loading table, right? The, the table just to go get your ammo. Yeah. Um, I, I took a look at that table and I was like, nope, no way, not me. I walked under the tent. I grabbed a couple boxes of ammo. I walked to the back of my cruiser. I was not standing in that group of people. Now, they've all been screened and they're all working and they're all using their protocols. We're probably okay, but you don't know. So um, it's that I think that unknown is what gets everybody. Well, that's and that was my point. It, you know, a year ago, if. You know, you came in to do the show and you had, you know, sniffles and a headache. I don't think anything of it. Right, you don't you know? care. Really? I'm sorry you feel that way. I hope Chief, you feel better. Chief had a rough night last night. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> it, but, and, and I think that it's kind of the mindset and grasping the fact that 
breathing the same air right. is a risk. Yeah. And it's it's just um it's crazy. It is crazy. It's we're at the half hour. Let's get another check of the weather and some PSAs and ad reads and then we'll come back and we'll talk about training. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, light rain likely. Highs in the lower 40s. East wind 5 to 10 miles per hour, becoming south this afternoon. Chance of rain 60%. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Lows in the lower 30s. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Saturday, partly sunny. Highs in the mid 40s. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Hi, this is Sergeant Mark Madalena with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives and we're in a hurry to get to where we need to be. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they want to go safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. Proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal Credit Union with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair, one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people they support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. PCTV and WTBR are committed to serving our community in this difficult time. We will bring you live coverage of press conferences and official statements from our government officials on PCTV CityLink Channel 1303, on the Pittsfield Community Television Facebook page, and on WTBR as they happen and as we are able to do so. Please stay tuned to our channels and our social media for updates on press conferences and other important information pertaining to the ongoing pandemic. All right, we are back. Thanks for tuning in on Patrol of the PPD. Uh, I'm going to read uh, a little quip about the uh, fundraiser coming up. 89.7 WTBR-FM is proud to announce our second annual one-day on-air fundraiser. The event will take place on Thursday, November 19th from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Don't miss our guests, including local dignitaries and your friends and neighbors from the community. There will also be plenty of incentives you can win, including restaurant gift certificates, tickets to local cultural attractions, and much more. And for each donation of $25 or more, you will be in the running to win an automatic car starter from Anthony's Auto Electronics on East Street in Pittsfield, or a Thanksgiving feast from KJ Nash Catering on Tyler Street in Pittsfield. You can make your donation right now at WTBRFM.com. Don't miss the second annual one-day on-air fundraiser live from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Thursday, November 19th, only on 89.7 WTBR-FM and all day live on the WTBR Facebook page. Thank you for supporting your community radio station. 
Well done, Lieutenant. So, uh, welcome back. You're listening to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. Uh, we have been talking about recent changes in the city of Pittsfield in response to an uptick in COVID-19 cases and how that is impacting police operations and our plans to change. And that's depressing. So I'm done with that. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, so this is a weird week. Uh, came into the week. We already talked about what my Monday was like because of uh, what happened for the department late last week and over the weekend. And then I wasn't actually sure I was going to be able to maintain this schedule. Actually notified training to uh, take me off the rotation until I got screened and cleared on Monday. But then fortunately was able to uh, resume my calendar. And so this was a training intensive week and it would it happened just coincidentally. So on Tuesday, I was scheduled to go to the range to recertify as an instructor. Your state research. Under, yeah, my state research um, under the new program changes. So I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. There's a there's a new statewide firearms coordinator and he's making some what i i think are some pretty good workspace changes um <laughs> I, I well the specifics of the <laughs> techniques i, I you know I, i'm not on the committee that debates that stuff i think there's going to be a lot of back and forth regarding that but the justification for why the changes are necessary and what he's trying to do and kind of the elimination of the leveling, which has been a source of frustration and contention for years, that I'm fully in support of. He's, he's got some really good ideas, um, particularly to support consistency. But I think the most important thing I was happy to see in here, because I had been out to the range to meet him and kind of like see a little bit and just observe what he was doing, because our our trainer, Nikki Gaynor, Officer Nikki Gaynor, is a statewide firearms instructor trainer, and so she's running the local ranges for him. And she's on the committee. And she's on the committee. Um, so he was coming out to kind of like get a, a feel for the space that she was working on. Shout out to our counterparts, brothers and sisters in Dalton PD, who allowed us to use their range for that. Um, he's coming out to observe her and kind of in, in, inject a little into uh, his his philosophy into the program. And so I'd been out there briefly to see him, but this was my scheduled day to do the whole day. And he was with us for several hours. Um, and not only is he looking to to develop consistency across the Commonwealth, which is essential for a program like this, but unlike, I don't want to say, it's always been an element of the firearms program for the firearms instructors to be proficient and adept at the use of force model and training, but it wasn't emphasized. He's emphasizing it, right? Use of force for reasons that I never understood kind of was, was pushed over to the defensive tactics side. That's where you learned it. That's where the instructors came from. But it, and that's great. Defensive tactics needs to have, but so does firearms, right? That's why we do integrated use of force. And he's really emphasizing that. So um, that's, that's a significant improvement. The consistency thing is huge, right? You've heard me say this for, for years in my philosophy as both an academy instructor and when I was with the training unit in the department. If somebody has an instructor credential 
it doesn't matter where they are in the Commonwealth, and in my opinion, it, it shouldn't matter where they are in the country. If I'm missing an instructor, I'm down an instructor, I should be able to p- pluck an instructor from anywhere, pop that instructor in, tell them we're on day three of this week of the training, and they should be able to seamlessly integrate in my program. If they can't, we're doing something wrong. Right. And, and Jay is moving in the direction that we're going to be able to do that, that we're going to be able to take an instructor who is trained by any instructor trainer anywhere in the Commonwealth, drop them in an academy or a specialized class or an in-service class or a research anywhere in the Commonwealth and say it's day two of week one and they're going to be able to look at the curriculum and say, yep, Roger that. I'm up to speed and go teach that class. Right. Uh, so that was exciting. Uh, and then we, we did some pretty cool changes to some of the, the way we look at and teach some of the stuff, right? So you mentioned it, workspace, mm. which is not a term. I've been exposed to it in firearms instructor and in firearms classes in the past, but not in the Commonwealth, right? That was stuff that I, I got. I was talking to our guys on the range on Wednesday, like when I was down at H&K and some other places. Um, but if, if, if the sergeant and I are in agreement on a, a teaching philosophy, it's, and I, I don't like to use this term because it sounds dismissive and it's not, but the mission of our, our instructor cadre should be to teach the basics to the student who is the least proficient, right? We shouldn't always be gunning for teaching the high-speed things to, to the experts. Right. They've, they've attained a degree of proficiency on their own. They're coming back out to validate, not to learn. It's, it's the students who are at the bottom who we need to be developing the skill set for and improving them so they can get to that level. And I think in the firearms program in the past, we forgot that. We, we were trying to take somebody who was barely crawling and get them running and sprinting a marathon. Like, no, right? You got to bring them up slowly. And Jay gets that. So this idea of workspace which you know viewers can see us listeners it won't matter but we're basically talking about an acknowledgement of human dynamics and human mechanics and human physiology that when the human being like the human character specimen whatever responds to a spontaneous threat stress you basically lower your stance center your your vision and pull your hands into your chest, right? That's that's the way you re- you react. That startles response, that flinch response. And if that's the way the body's gonna react, then you should develop tactics that come from that space. Work with it. Workspace. <laughs> so, um, the other thing that he shared with us, you, you went through this, right? I did. How last month? Yeah, two week, two three weeks ago. So um, the other thing that he he shared during the intro and I was so happy to actually hear him come out and put this out vocally because other instructors I've worked with wouldn't do this right there there is a tendency in some circles of law enforcement firearms development to look at competition shooters and emulate what they do in competition for speed and accuracy that's not what we do, right? right. It, it, there's some value there. You can look at some equipment there. You know, some of the modifications that Jay said, he's like, oh, we'll talk to the people who are the fastest in the world. But that wasn't the principle. He's talking about doing interviews with people, primarily people in the military, 
who have been in fights for their life and debriefing them on what they did and why they did it and how their body responded and taking those lessons and developing tactics off of that. That's real-world development. Uh, And that's something that has, in, in my opinion, been missing from some of our instruction in the past. So I was happy with that. And then you take the fact that Tuesday was a gorgeous day. It, it actually was too warm to be on the <laughs> range, right? Yeah, it's something you don't normally say in November. No, uh, it was a gorgeous day. Uh, it was just a beautiful day to be outdoors. Because of the fact that it was a MPTC day um, and, and the, the range itself is, is fairly tight, but the range area is pretty big. Mm-hmm. There was plenty of room for everybody to spread out. Everybody's equipment and ammunition was in their own vehicles. Other than when you were receiving instruction, it was just, it was glorious, right? A day out of the office, beautiful, sunny, warm day, surrounded by a bunch of like-minded people, getting better at what we do, and uh doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Did you have a full three lines? Yeah, almost yeah. a full three lines. Yeah. Uh, and then I paid for it on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> because on Wednesday, I was scheduled for department in service, yeah. which you've been doing some instruction in as well. Mm-hmm. You, weren't, you weren't with us on Wednesday because it was I'm, raining. <laughs> I'm, not too, I'm not too bent out of shape about it either. Um, so on Wednesday, shout out to our brothers and sisters from the Williamstown PD who allowed us to borrow their range. Uh, so Wednesday I was up in Williamstown for my annual qualification and firearms training. And I, I didn't get to see you uh, on the line for in service this year, but I know you've been out there several days. And so you didn't get to hear my appreciation um, at the end of the night when we were getting ready to break everything down before Sergeant Belknap released everybody to police the area, I held everybody for a minute and I just told them, again, this is my opinion, uh, but I've been doing this for a long time. The program of instruction that our training unit and our firearms instructors put together for uh, rifle and shotgun qualification and training this year, low light, is the best, most relevant most appropriate firearms block I've seen in our department in my career, and it rivals some of the training I've received at some of the top-ranked training institutes, including Heckler & Koch and the FBI Academy. It was phenomenal. Um, So kudos to you and the rest of the training team, um, Officer Gaynor, Sergeant Belknap, Sergeant Rockabruna, Officer Hallis, I'm missing somebody. Um. Sergeant Murphy. Sergeant Murphy. Um, um, Dave, yeah. I said Hallis, right? Captain Kirchner. Captain Kirchner. Um, so for our, our viewers and listeners, I just, because this, this can't be overstated, right? It's, it's one thing to do your annual firearms or biannual firearms recertification and focus on shooting. Okay, whatever, right? You put a number of rounds down range, you're proficient. But that's not the point. It's not about shooting. It's about not shooting. It's about positive target identification, threat identification, judgment. Um, Yes, accuracy matters. The ability to manipulate the firearm matters. But 
when is more important for a police officer than how. And that is very, very difficult to train. And firearms instructors, it's like, you know, I forgot what we were talking about. Um, my wife and I were out talking last night and uh, he said, you know, people are going to do the easiest thing. People are going to do the easiest thing. It's not necessarily lazy. It's human nature. It's the path of least resistance, right? So if you're an instructor and you have to put together an eight-hour block of instruction and you have to pick between something that's very, very, very hard and something that's comparatively easy, the impulse is to go with the thing that's comparatively easy. It's easy to run a qualification line and have everybody get up there and punch paper. It's hard to put together a program where people have to manipulate the firearm, illuminate the target, positively identify based on color or description the right target, make a decision whether to shoot or not to shoot, and then manipulate the firearm. That's hard. To do it in the dark and in the rain, prone in the mud, Yeah, <laughs> that's incredibly hard. Yeah. And and you guys pulled it off this year. It was kudos to uh, Officer Gaynor too because she makes it. She puts a little fun into it too. A little so, interesting. Well, so I <laughs> you like those targets. <laughs> well, no. So we listen. I keep saying that we we need to get her on the air, and uh, one of our our counterparts, Chief Tolman, who I think is on the range today, um, he's he's probably going to listen to this and he'll be blowing up her phone because every time he like sees me post about this he's like get nikki and she's been bobbing and weaving and ducking she we're, we're gonna have to be a baracus her we are we're, we're <laughs> definitely gonna have to do that um because i would really like to one acknowledge the hard work that she puts into it um but two have her talk about the because she's teaching at the academy she's teaching in in service she's teaching in specialized and she's running our training uh and and she's doing that all, you know, basically from the back of her truck. Um, yep. And so it's important, right? We have to maintain all of our critical skills, and, and she does a great job. But since she won't, she won't share it, her degree is in, I want to say it's in recreation management. Yeah. Right. I, I, I don't know that that's the actual the course of instruction, but essentially... She's a four-year college degree in party planning and fun, <laughs> right? And I say that with a smile on my face because she is she she has fun, right? Whenever she's going to put together a program, there's going to be some element of fun. And she's big on the holidays, and she likes to decorate. She's very crafty. Yep. Um, and so... I wish I had taken some closer closer pictures. I only have pictures of the line. I don't have pictures of of the target line. Um, she's texting me right now. Well, just for a description. <laughs> I mean, she, she's she texting listening? me right. No, she's not. Because <laughs> if she's listening, we just gotta get her here. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious. So it's it's it, we're in this period between Halloween and Thanksgiving. And so basically she got a bunch of targets that were pumpkins or spiders or zombies and other like Sasquatch, uh, other Halloweeny slash fall um, yep. festive things. And, you know, it, great. You got to qualify, 
put the silhouette down there, go put your 50 rounds down range, boom, you're done. Then you got to tighten it up, right? You got to do the training part of the day, yeah. which is, you know, getting those, those precise things down. And so they're fun targets, but they're tiny. Yeah. Right? Did you shoot the, uh, did you shoot the pumpkin medallions? Yeah. Yeah. So she got, I don't know, she probably went to Michael's, right? Yeah. What, what are those? Maybe five inches? Not even. Four inches? So Probably probably three and a half inches. So three, three and a but half. But they're in, spinning. Three and a half inch wooden pumpkin yeah. that she painted orange and drilled. And then she threaded some string through them. And the instructors are hanging them from the wire. And we're at what? 15 yards. 15, 15 yeah. yards with the rifle on an outdoor range. And you got this little pumpkin down there. By the way, my optic did not come back from the SWAT competition, so I'm doing this with iron sights. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said... Officer Silver appreciates it. <laughs> and like you said, the, a little bit of breeze, or if, if you're lucky enough, you know, you got it, it starts spinning, right? Yeah. So now you're trying to shoot this, this veneer pumpkin edge on. Um, it was hilarious. But it's like, um, you know, it's like baseball. I, I grew up playing a lot of baseball. You know, aim small, miss small. And that's yeah, what, it's that's what it is, right? Yeah. Um, but I just, I, th I don't think, I, I want to emphasize. So we went out to the range late in the morning. We trained through the afternoon. Um, it was drizzling off and on. And it started to, it, it never like rained persistently, but it was just steady. In between the breaks of the rain, because you know Wednesday it wasn't as warm as Tuesday, but it was still pretty warm. Then it just got steamy, right? So your glasses are wet; they're steaming up, right? Everything your clothes are, are steaming. Um, but we had to do the the night proficiency. It got dark fast, mm -hmm. um, and if we had just shot the courses of fire with the long guns. With the illumination, right? The the put the lights on the guns and, and shoot them. That that would have impressed me. But the element this year of the movement drills, that's stuff that, to be honest, when I when I joined the team twenty two years ago, we couldn't have done that with operators. When I left the team. We did it with operators, but we basically did it one or two people at a time with the rest of the team maintaining a safety. You, you guys can do that, you know, as a regular part of your training now. To have patrol officers execute those skills and drills and do it well, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and we had at least one officer on my line who just graduated from the academy. So he's brand, he, he completed field training last month. He's brand new. He's operating at that level as a patrol officer. There are not many PDs that can provide that quality of training to their line level personnel. So it's been a good shout out to the training unit. Very proud of you. Um, very proud of our personnel who are I remember when we would go to the range and I was a primary firearms instructor and it was just a bunch of people standing around complaining, just trying to get it done and get off the range, right? Our people showed up they put in the work. They they were happy. 
right? It was miserable rain. Picking brass and Picking between. brass up, yeah. yeah. Um, doing it between the lines so they didn't have to, uh, you know, everybody pitching in. It was pretty amazing. Um, training unit, proud of you. Shout out. All right, we're coming up on the last few minutes here. I need I need an update, Lieutenant. How's all the uh, fall cleanup and chores going? Do you get to <laughs> do you get to relax at all this weekend, or do you have more painting and uh, tree removal to do? I don't know. We'll see how the weather treats it. I'm just trying to get as much as I can in before the you know the snow flies, because we all know it's coming. It and, is coming. Uh, with uh, with COVID, there's nothing else to do. So <laughs> what the heck, you know? I've gotten a lot done this year. Yeah. Yeah. How about, yeah. How about you? Well, I have not been training since last weekend because of our uh, exposure scare, but I've been cleared to resume regular duty. So hopefully, I'll, I'll, um, I'll text my professor this afternoon, and hopefully she's comfortable, her husband's comfortable, and I'll get the all clear to return to the dojo. So I'd like to get some, some training in because it's been over a week, and that makes me unhappy. Yeah. If not... I'll get outside. I did not do the long. I did not do the long rock march last weekend. Um, I did two short ones. I got up on Sunday and I was like, "Am I gonna do it?" And my, the, I increased the weight in my pack earlier this summer. Uh, so when I put the hydration pack in, the total loadout is just over fifty pounds. Fifty pounds for six and a half miles is about my limit. Um, if I decide to do the thirteen again, I'm gonna have to cut the weight back. Yeah. Good training, though. Yeah, but, you know, I, I'm not an 18-year-old boot anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you feel it for a few days. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, the good news is even with two back-to-back six-and-a-halves this weekend, I I felt good, right? I've added some more flexibility and mobility work into my routine, and uh, I I never had a day where I'm like, oh, my God. It was just it was just enough of a body ache to make me worry about having been in those meetings, right? So, <laughs> yeah, right. All right, a couple minutes left. Let's pull up the uh, Cultural Pittsfield This Week newsletter. What's going on? Um, Arrowhead, tonight, tonight at 5. Um, this is virtual, so go check out. Um, you can email Melville at BerkshireHistory.org or call, and uh, there's... Uh, Artist in residence readings tonight. Uh, let's see what else we got. This the the newsletter uploaded on my tablet, but it didn't upload any of the images, so I can't actually see all these things. I'm reading it. Uh, you know what? Enough. Go check out the Cultural Pittsfield website or their newsletter, and you can check it out for yourself. Again, there's plenty of stuff going on. Um, twenty twenty. Has has just been a punch to the stomach, right? It's just been horrible. But don't bury your head in the sand. Don't disengage. Be smart. Be healthy. But live your life, right? If if you can get out of your house and, and go for a walk, do that. Go for a hike. Check out, you know, some of the. We were talking in the office last week. People come from all over the world during normal times to enjoy the Berkshires. They're not here now. Take advantage of that. Enjoy what we have to offer. Um, please, in light of, you know, for our, our listeners and viewers who are here in the city of Pittsfield, in light of the changes that are going into effect today, if you can support a local restaurant by ordering takeout or pickup, do that. Um, 
our our restaurants need us. They're our friends and our neighbors, and they they need us. There's you know there's there's some grant assistance um, that's going to be pointed their way, but every little bit helps. Get some takeout, support your favorite local restaurants. Let's try to do what we can to keep them afloat. Um, DPI is going to be coming out with another card program. Are they? Card program, yeah. Nice. Yes. That was amazing the first time. Yep. It's. Uh, I think it's going to be a new and improved version. I'm. Ju- I just used the last of my haircuts through that. Um, I've still got still got credit for a couple other places, but eat local, shop local, support our local businesses, do what you can. Um, in that in that vein, one of the one of the hardest points of discussion during yesterday's COVID task force meeting was about when, you know, what what our next steps were. And one of the benchmarks that public health was using was before or after Thanksgiving. And and they were torn up about that. This is the bottom line. Thanksgiving this year, unlike any other Thanksgiving, if you can maintain Thanksgiving with the people who live under your own roof, do that. If you can't figure out a way to do it socially distanced that we've seen it the the cause of what we're going through right now is not necessarily the group size it's the number of households do not to the best of your ability commingle households particularly in enclosed areas until we get this thing under control on that note we are just about out of time thank you for tuning in to another new episode of on patrol with the ppd here on wtbr 89.7 fm pittsfield community radio simulcast on pittsfield community television until next week be well stay healthy 